0: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and I'm Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And um, Chuck thinks we should include a warning on this one. I think we probably
0: should. This is going to be pretty gruesome at times. Warning, kids, maybe ask your parents if you should play this. Parents, maybe don't play this for your kids. Done. Yes.
1: Pretty good one. Talk about COA.
0: And this is history, you know. It's it's pretty uh, gruesome history, though. Yeah. So the Middle Ages or the medieval period in Europe. Man.
1: Yeah, they were a very gruesome time. Yeah. Starting about the uh, fifth century after the fall of the Roman Empire, uh, and lasting until the Renaissance, the fifteenth century.
0: That's many English years. Thousand years
1: of um, nasty, brutish, and short. Life. Yeah. So the, the average life expectancy during the medieval period. And all, uh, historians don't like to call it the Middle Ages uh-huh. because that implies that it's just basically this little bit of time in between two really important ages. Yeah. The Middle Period. Yeah. It's like the Jam Brady of history. <laughs> um, and they're saying like, no, there's some really great things came about during this time. And um, you can't just call it that. So they call it the medieval period. I still think it's the Middle Ages or the Dark Ages is another great way to put it. Yeah. Brutish behavior? There was a, um, a what, lot. What was the life expectancy? You didn't say? About 40, somewhere in the 40s. I didn't see specifically, but yeah. So that's old? Yeah. <laughs> wow. At the very least, that's, yeah, m- average age. You could live longer than that. Sure. But, I mean, like, you you know, if you're a woman, the chances of you dying in childbirth were pretty high. Yeah, yeah. If you were a man, the chances of you being killed by getting kicked by your horse were probably pretty high <laughs> yeah if you were a child making it i think a, you, you had a 33% chance to not make it past 5 wow it was not good yeah it was a violent time mm-hmm. um nutrition was not very good it was a dirty time yeah and it was just a it was a bad time to be alive
0: <laughs> i think we can agree on that um if you're time traveling skip the middle ages
1: one of the uh, one of the one of the I guess hallmarks of the Middle Ages, um, was that after the fall of the Roman Empire, Rome, like, owned Europe. Owned it outright. And under this control also came things like roads, currency, government, plumbing, justice. Yeah. Like, to the farthest reaches of the Roman Empire, it was under control generally. And these areas had, like, public service. Right? Yeah. Public services. After the Roman Empire fell, um, there was a power vacuum. And for 300 years, the Franks and the Saxons and the Anglo-Saxons um, all were fighting. And then finally, in about 800, Charlemagne was crowned the emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. Yeah. And the church took over, basically. Which, good news, right? You would think. <laughs> the church, however, had a hatred of women and yeah. a fondness of... Torture. Yeah. And the Middle Ages was also characterized by a period of really inventive thinking in how to produce human suffering.
0: Yeah. I think this is a great quote from uh, L.A. Perry's 1975 book, A History of Torture in England. The first part of this really hits home. Oh, it didn't hit home, but (laughs) it brings up bad memories. (laughs) What strikes us most in considering the medieval tortures is not so much their diabolical barbarity, as the extraordinary variety in what may be termed the artistic skill they displayed. Mm-hmm. So they definitely delighted, and especially reading these torture devices, and being very uh, inventive and probably trying to outdo one another. Yeah. And how awful it was and the different mechanisms, you know, because mechanics was new. So they were probably like, look, you know, this has five gears <laughs> that will, you know, rip your toes off. Right. How cool. Yeah. But – uh. Yeah, so it was a very uh, perversely inventive period.
1: Yeah, Perry says that they basically ruminated and and considered how suffering occurs to figure out how to produce it. Yeah. That it was like basically an art form by the end.
0: Yeah, uh, they would, in court, sometimes they would um, just do things like, hey, let me uh, put your arm in boiling water. And we're going to base our verdict on how long it takes it to heal. Um, I know the old thing about, you know, does the witch float? Throw right. It, throw in the lake and let's see. Yeah. And if she drowns, hey, she was uh, not a witch. That's sad. But if she lives. Then burn her at the stake. Exactly. Yeah. So either way, the lady dies, which is very sad. Right. Um, and they even had a thing when um, they would torture people for confessions, but they wouldn't. They would say basically that confession doesn't count. So they would say, you know what, within that 24-hour period, we won't torture you, see if you still confess, and if you don't, so, to, then we'll just torture you again.
1: Right, that was to corroborate your own confession that was yeah. extracted under torture. So even even back then, they realized, like... Yeah, you can't really rely on a confession under torture because people will say anything to get you to stop doing the things that we're about to describe they were doing to them.
0: Right, or they would torture you very publicly. That's a very common thing with most of these, to dissuade criminal activity.
1: Yeah, humiliation, shaming, scarlet letters. Yeah, sure. That kind of thing.
0: Permanent scarlet letters.
1: Right. Even. So we're talking about the torture devices, some of the, more famous, more diabolical ones that came out of the Middle Ages.
0: Yeah, and this is a surprise for you. I told you I had a little game we are going to play. Okay. We're going to, as we go, we will also find out, because I've done this research, which of these torture devices are also the names of heavy metal bands.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great
0: one. Because uh, the very first one I saw, The Brazen Bull, I was like, surely that's a band.
1: Yeah. When I was researching this, I was thinking, like, I, I wonder how many times Chuck's going to be like, that's a great band name.
0: Well, The Brazen Bull is, in fact, a band in Chicago. Yeah. Three-piece uh, grindcore metal band.
1: Nice. So, Give me another example of grindcore so I I know.
0: I don't even know. I think it's just the stuff that's so, like, fast and heavy and, like, gotcha.
1: I like that. Yeah. So I've, I, found, I tweeted out this picture of... Like the different characters from Lord of the Rings, uh-huh. and then based on like who, their looks, what kind of metal they were into. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Like Gollum was into new metal. Uh huh. Um, new metal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I can't remember. I think um, uh, Vigo Mortensen was into like um, I can't remember. It's it's worth checking out. Go on to our Twitter feed. <laughs> Look like three weeks, four weeks back. Yeah, I'll uh, find it. You'll love
0: it. I'm sure I didn't describe Grindcore correctly. That's cool. I'm not hip on the metal scene. Chuck. The brazen bull. The brazen bull. Yeah. Is
1: old indeed. They think that an ancient Greek named Perillus invented it.
0: Yeah, for, for a tyrant uh, named Phalaris of uh Agrinchentum. <laughs> <laughs> and so basically like, hey, let me build you this torture device. You're going to love it. And the guy was like, hmm, I love it. Get in it.
1: Yeah. Let's the see guy how was it like, works.
0: What? And apparently that's how it went down. Right. So, what is the brazen bowl?
1: Well, it's a uh, brass bowl, uh-huh. which is why it's brazen and a bowl. Yeah. Um, it's a large one, big enough for a human to fit in. Ah. And there is a locking mechanism on the outside once the human is in because in they built fires around the brazen bowl, yeah. lit them. And then waited for the brazen bull to heat up with the person inside, who would then scream and move around. Yeah. And the uh, muted sounds, because it was brass.
0: Yeah, and because their tongue was often cut off. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, made it look and sound like the the uh, bull was alive and making noise.
0: Yeah, and we found through all of these, Grabster wrote this, of course, Ed mm-hmm. Right. It was usually followed with, to the delight and entertainment of the crowd. Right. So apparently, you know, if the bull started rocking and making noises, people were just like, Ooh, I love it. Right. It's great. Someone's getting seared alive inside that hollow bull. Yeah, because that's the thing. You're not
1: being you're not being like charred, you're being seared yeah. to death. It ultimately you, ultimately I imagine you would pass out and die from the heat. Yeah, probably. Hopefully but I mean being seared to death, that's pretty bad. Or even being seared in the meantime before you pass out from the heat.
0: Yeah, I think with most of these, your best hope is to pass out as soon as possible from pain. Yeah. You know?
1: So, uh, thumbscrews is one that, uh, that are, they're interesting in that they aren't designed to kill you. Right. Like a lot of these tortures are designed, like, to either kill you or you could die from them. And if you do, well, whatever. With thumbscrews, it's like, nope. This is just for inflicting pain on you.
0: Yeah, band or not a band. Uh a band. Band. Awesome. Thumb screw out of Austin, Texas. Awesome. Metal band. Nice. Uh so yeah, like you said, you're not going to die. It's basically a uh these upright metal bars, three upright metal bars that you put your thumbs in and then a wooden bar slides down and presses your thumbs down and then it has screws and they just crank it down. Yeah. Like squeezing your thumbs until they're crushed and broken i would imagine
1: yeah if you want to just start to get even the slightest bit of idea of it just just press down on your thumb a little bit about Ow. within the top third of your thumb That hurt. above the quick jerry's not doing it she's just watching us and it's just <laughs> uh, it starts as like a little throbbing pain yeah now imagine like somebody screwing a vice down on top of that while you're screaming that's what a thumb screw is meant for wow
0: uh, apparently there was a 10 finger version called a Pilly wink. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a cute name.
1: Is that a metal band name?
0: No, I looked that up though. Um, and it supposedly originated in the Russian army as punishment for bad uh, soldiers. And then a Scotsman said, this is great. Let's bring it back home to the UK.
1: Yeah. A guy named, quote, bloody Tam Delio, who was a 17th century, uh, minister of parliament, um, who liked to use them himself.
0: Not on himself. No,
1: <laughs> yeah. but he liked to use them on people.
0: Okay, number eight, the rack band, not a band.
1: Band? No, I couldn't find it. It's got to be.
0: I think um, it's just a little too like vague. Okay. That was my explanation, but it is a workout device. <laughs> Someone's actually named their little workout machine the rack. No way. Yeah, it looks like a it looks like a, a walker. You know, like if you can't walk so great, mm-hmm. but you can do like dips and push ups and sit ups and stuff with it.
1: Yeah. So. Do you think they were, like, making a joke? I have no idea. I hope so.
0: Um, so the rack is pretty self-explanatory, and you've all seen this before, um, has many different forms, but generally uh, it is a person tied to a table with each limb, um, you know, tied to a corner, and then it is cranked and you are pulled apart, or at least dislocated.
1: Right. Like a, the the wheel is cranked, or like a, an axle is cranked, or yeah. something that... that- that winds, that coils the rope that your limbs are tied to up. And, yeah, it's either dislocated or, if you really want to get down, you can just keep going and pull the limbs right off of the body.
0: Yeah, I imagine there was a about a four-second period where it was great, you know, <laughs> yeah. where your back just cracked just right, and they were like, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then it was like, no, 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 no. Can we stop there? Oh, no.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't like this anymore.
0: Uh, and they called you, you know, it would be called broken on the rack or racked or stretched on the rack. Right. And there was one type that apparently looked like a horse even.
1: Yeah, I get the impression that it was a little bit like a sawhorse looking kind of. Yeah. It's just a beam with legs. And um, Torquemada, who was um, the head of the Spanish Inquisition, he preferred one called the portoro.
0: Right. But again, the inventiveness. Like they would make one look like a horse or, you know. Right. They would apply a little artistry to it, which is even more perverse, I think.
1: And there's a, another one that's kind of related to the rack. It's called the wheel. It's no virtually name. the same principle. No, ban. No. That's too generic cool. again. Um, the, it, it's basically the same principle as the rack. Your, your limbs are tied to the wheel or they're broken ahead of time in two places with an iron bar and then threaded through the spokes in the wheel. Yeah. And then once you're secured to this wheel, they can do all sorts of stuff. They can swing it like a pendulum and put yeah. spikes that you're you're grazed over. Right. They or a fire. a fire below you and just swing you slowly over that. Or they can use the wheel as it was meant to be used <laughs> and tie you to it and send you down a rocky hillside. Yeah, tie you on the
0: outside of it. Yeah. Um, it's not
1: to make you dizzy. Yeah, I just Although had to I'm catch sure myself.
0: Does. I almost said that was my favorite. The wheel's your favorite? Well, tying them on the outside and rolling them down the hill. When I read that, I was like, very inventive. Yeah. Hats off to you.
1: Well, what else are you going to do with the wheel? Using it as a pendulum? That's stupid.
0: Yeah, the the one uh, where they would break your arms was um, akin to crucifixion because, like you said, basically they would thread you through it and then put it high on a stake and just let you bake out in the sun until you died Yeah, with four broken limbs. Yep. All right. The rack in the wheel. The stake, burning at the stake, not a band name.
1: No, and it was usually a form of execution, but it was so painful that it's also considered a form of torture.
0: How long would it take, Josh?
1: So it's just a a pole that somebody's tied to with some dry kindling around it. Yeah. You light the kindling. Lots of kindling. And um, depending on the conditions, it could take 30 minutes for you to finally go unconscious from the pain of the fire, 30 minutes of being burned before you finally fainted. Now, if it was windy out and the fire was blowing away from you a little bit, you could be enduring that for up to two hours.
0: Unbelievable.
1: Of being burned to death. 30 uh, yeah. minutes, two hours of being burned to death at the stake.
0: Yeah, and uh, the Netherlands, they got a little more creative with it. They would, um, A lot of times they would remove the tongue or do something to the tongue, I think, to just muffle the screams Yeah, and make it a little more palatable. Uh, and in the Netherlands, they would apparently um, sandwich your tongue between two hot iron plates, and uh, of course, you couldn't do a lot with that except you know make weird muffled screaming noises. Right.
1: I don't know if it was to make it more palatable, or people during the Dark Ages thought it was hilarious when right. people couldn't talk. Yeah, maybe so. You know, you're right. Like that was like the Jerry Lewis of
0: periods. The the Jam Brady <laughs> and the Jerry Lewis of periods. Wow. wow. That's a pretty exciting time. <laughs> um are we on
1: to the pillory? Oh well we should say probably that there was a, a modicum of mercy. Oh, sure. With the stake where the um the church would strangle you if you confessed to being a heretic. They would strangle you to death first before burning you at the
0: stake. And then it was just a symbolic burning. Yeah. Right.
1: You were being consumed by fire.
0: That's a very nice thing to do. Sure. <laughs> so pillory, banned or not a band? I would say band. They are a band out of Boston, uh-huh. and uh, they're a hardcore band. And I actually listened to one of their songs. You know what the name of it is? What? Hangnail in a Jeez. That's
1: a metal band yep. song title. It sure is. Wow.
0: So the pillory you've all seen, it's um, basically the two parallel wooden boards that are clasped together around your... Uh, neck and arms, and you're bent over, right? You're, hanging through them.
1: Your hands are your hands and your head stick through these things. Yeah,
0: I always thought that was the stocks. Stocks, the stocks are just, are just like, feet.
1: Yeah, it's just like to restrain your ankles. Yeah, but the point is you're immobile yeah. and you're put on a platform in a very public area to be shamed and humiliated and have rotten fruit thrown at you.
0: And more than that, feces. And I imagine the worst case scenario for this would be a group of like 12 year old boys in the Middle Ages when you're in the pillory
1: yeah 12 year old boys had like families and kids by that time. <laughs> that's true
0: but I bet they were the meanest of all yeah uh, like some people would die in the pillory because they would be you know beaten to death uh some people would be lauded though if they were like thumbing their nose at the government and saying I didn't pay my taxes some people would bring them flowers and like food and stuff
1: yeah basically the the pillory was meant to just be left up to the crowd what to, what was to be done with you at the very least you were shamed publicly just for being up there for an hour or two yeah but if the the crowd decided that you know you needed more justice like there was a four englishmen who had um wrongfully accused some people and sent them to the gallows right in order to get the reward money those guys were beaten to death when they were put into the pillory That's no good. That's what they call English justice.
0: Yeah, and can you imagine not being able to move and just have someone, like, beating you about the head? That brings up a... uh, To uh, not be able to bring your hands up and at least guard your face? That still goes on today.
1: What? As public execution, there are some countries out there that use stoning. Oh, right. Iran's a very prominent one. Yeah. Where you are sentenced to death by stoning. They They still do that? Yeah, they bury you up to your neck, and your head's just exposed, so you can't move... And people throw rocks at you until you die. Usually, they cover you with the sheet so they can't see you. But they judge that you're you're done when you stop moaning and sure. you're bleeding through the sheet. Wow! But there's a really interesting article that I think you should read. I wrote this blog post, Chuck. It's called Five Most Entertaining Academic Papers of All Time," uh-huh. and one of them. And entertaining, I use this in a, a strange way, but one of them is called The Possible Pain Experience During Execution by Different Methods. It was by Harold Hillman. Uh-huh. It was written in the, uh, I think the early 90s. Yeah. And one of the ones he covers is stoning, but he goes through and takes like all of this, like, um, he's like, there's no, there's no, Body of work on how much pain stoning causes. Right. So he compares it to pain reported from like a car crash or something like that. Right. And then makes assumptions that are you know pretty good educated guesses of what pain a person experiences, and basically rates methods of execution from hanging to stoning to yeah. the gas chamber. Wow. Um. In in so far as how much pain and suffering they produce.
0: Entertaining. It, I, I think fascinating might we, be the word. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> the
1: other ones are much more entertaining. Right. That one had to be in there. It's just a great. Originally, I call them the five greatest academic papers of all time, but you know, SEO. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. Okay. So we're done with the pillory and the stocks. Correct. Yeah.
1: Were, were the stocks a band name?
0: No. Uh, next, we have the Iron Maiden band or not a band? Uh,
1: <laughs> you know, they have their own beer. Iron Maiden beer? Trooper Ale. Really? Yeah. It's got Eddie on the cover and everything. Oh wow. It's pretty neat. I'd try that. Around the label, I should say.
0: Can you get it like here in the States? No,
1: you can only get it in the EU. I tried.
0: yeah oh, it's probably sixteen ounces too.
1: It looks good. Like it's well made. Yeah. It's not just like I'll oh, put our name on this crap. Like it's clearly like right. a, a kind of craft beer. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: You know Bruce Dickinson's like a full on pilot, like seven forty seven pilot. I didn't know it. Like he flies there. Big jumbo jet that the band travels on. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, so the Iron Maiden, um, at one point they didn't even believe this was real. Yeah. Cause it sounded so diabolical. Yeah. But then they found one in, uh, Nuremberg, Germany. Uh-huh. And, uh, sometimes it's called the, uh, Iron Maiden of Nuremberg for that reason. But it's a sarcophagus. You've seen it before, like King Tut was buried in, but mm-hmm. it's got little double doors and very strategically placed spikes on the inside. Yeah. Done. <laughs> well, when you
1: shut these double doors, including one over the oh, face- Oh, you shut the door. Right. Gotcha. When, when, including one over the face that has two spikes that are designed to take your eyes out. Yeah. These spikes go into your vital organs. They're arranged in such a way so that your heart gets it, your yeah. kidneys, your liver, but all But just this a stuff. bit though, right? Yeah. The spikes aren't so long that they just go right through you and kill you. Right. They're short enough that they're going to puncture these organs and you're going to die. Yeah. But it's going to take many hours- and uh, the the lord of the castle in Nuremberg gets to sit there and listen to you moan and die.
0: Wow. And they had one, apparently, that was even shaped like the Virgin Mary in her arms. So when you got in, she would hug you.
1: Yeah, when you, like, turned a crank, yeah. the arms would draw you closer into the spikes.
0: <laughs> Again, very fiendish. Uh, Scavenger's Daughter, band or not a band?
1: I, I know that a band. I, I ran across it during my research, too.
0: Four bands from what I saw. Is that right? There's one in the UK, Uh one in St. Louis, one in Shanghai, and one in Poland. Cool. So they're really spread out. Maybe it's all the affiliates of the
1: same band. They're all subsidiaries of Scavenger's Daughter (laughs) Co.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) LLC. Uh, The original name for the Scavenger's Daughter, uh, Skeffington's Jeeves, or Geeves?
1: I don't know how you would pronounce that. G-Y-V-E-S?
0: That's a band, too.
1: Is it? From Tallahassee. I can believe that.
0: So, um... It was named after, uh, the inventor, uh, Skevington and Todd Skevington. (laughs) This, the best way I'm going to describe this is, um, it looks sort of like an arch. Imagine the St. Louis arch shrunk down to about two feet and attached to a base plate. And you would get down in like the tornado crouch position and get inside of this thing. And then they would crank it down on the back of your neck and back.
1: At the top of the arch, the top of the center of the arch is yeah. like a screw that they can crank to crank the whole arch down on top of you. Right? Yeah.
0: So you're in like a crouched position and they just further crouch you until your spine cracks and your breastbone breaks.
1: And like it's the opposite of the rack. Where the rack tears you apart, The Skevington's gyre, jives, yeah. is meant to compress you. And like you will bleed out of your fingertips and your eyes and your ears. Yeah. Because your body's being compressed into this tiny ball. It's like a car crusher. And yeah, and you're exactly. And there's actually one on display at the Tower of London.
0: Yeah, I saw on the on the internet. It was pretty cool looking. Yeah. And again, I'm not delighting in this, but
1: that's just insane. Like I was looking at it on the internet today too. And I was thinking like human beings used to be placed in that a few hundred years ago. Like the suffering That this machine, this contraption produced at the hands of other people. Like if you just sit there and like force perspective on yourself, it's really
0: it's really unnerving. Yeah, well some people might say that putting someone in a chair and sending electricity through their body until they die is the same thing. Oh yeah. You know? For sure. Have you ever seen that the Errol Morris documentary on the inventor of the electric chair?
1: No. What's it called? Mr. Sparky?
0: (laughs) No. I think it's called Doctor Death. Okay. Uh, and then colon, what his name is, Lucher maybe or something. I don't know. Really fascinating though. Um, because he, yeah, just, just rent it and it's Errol Morris. That's all you need to know. Okay. Uh, these last two are really pretty, uh, brutal and brutal against women. Yeah. And it's pretty gross. So if you're not into hearing about that, maybe you should turn off the podcast.
1: Yeah. This to me is like, this is the worst. The other ones were, um, n- gender neutral. Yeah you know and i guess the 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 last one we're going to talk about is technically gender neutral but it, like the 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 idea of it being inflicted on women to kind of as grabanowski points out to destroy aspects of femininity yeah is it's it makes everything even more disturbing you know
0: yeah agreed and this is called the breast ripper not a band and not to make light of this but there was a yahoo answer where a guy said quote i need a brutal band name something like diseases or disorders or something to do with babies being eaten. It needs to be killer. And one of the people said, "You should call yourself the Breast Ripper."
1: Did he say awesome?
0: No, I didn't. Like follow up and like look <laughs> to see if that's what he chose. But the guy had listed it like a bunch of names. Yeah, you know that were mainly torture devices.
1: I mean, if you're a metal band searching torture devices or that's, medieval torture devices, yeah. it's going to yield a, a, an idea or two.
0: Exactly. So uh extending back to the roman times and probably before females have had a rough time of things um when it comes to torture uh being marched through the streets naked uh public humiliation uh forced rape sexual mutilation um all like just terrible terrible things specifically geared toward women right and the breast ripper was probably the worst thing i've ever heard yeah
1: So basically, neither one of us wants to describe it. Yeah. uh, I thought it was very bad too. Back to you. (laughs) Uh, go ahead. Um, after you. A woman was, would be tied to a wall or basically forced to be immobile. Yeah. And then this, um, the breast ripper, which was basically a a claw of spikes. Yeah. It could be open and then placed on the breast and then shut, uh, clamped down onto the breast, but then be pulled away. Yeah. Basically just mangling the breast. Yeah. And like the thumb screws, it was not intended to uh, kill, right? As a matter of fact, I get the impression from this article that it was used very frequently um, to basically say, "Hey, everybody, look at this person!" Like right, like the she, scarlet letter, right? Exactly. It was it was meant to label somebody.
0: Yeah, in England, I know they were fond of branding women on the face uh, to shame them.
1: Yeah, and apparently, uh, if you were in the stock or the uh, pillory, one of the things that may also accompany that was to be
0: branded. By having your nose slit, right, or an ear cut off, maybe. Yeah, jeez, what was wrong with people back then? I don't know. And what changed? I wonder.
1: I that's like that uh, the most peaceful period in history.
0: What right after the Middle Ages?
1: Well, that's what we were talking about. Like, remember Stephen Pinker oh, was yeah, like yeah. the Middle Ages were particularly bad. I don't know what it was that that changed, but the I think the idea that government. Came in and, and created a monopoly on violence. Yeah, that's fairly. That's that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. that doesn't really account for it because the government had not necessarily a monopoly. It was supposed to, but it was pretty violent itself.
0: Yeah, and it's not like things got great. Like you said, they're still stoning people and they sure. use the electric chair in this very country. So right. But it definitely was in the Middle Ages.
1: No, and yeah. also when you know, I mean, you could get. You could be tortured for all sorts of things. Like your neighbor could be like, you're a witch. And all of a sudden you're tortured. Right. You know, so I, I, I would be very curious to know exactly what accounts for that change because something changed.
0: Yeah. And they also point out in the article Ed did that, um, a lot of times these were used to also get you to, uh, sing about your accomplices. Yeah. And that was basically like, you could just say whatever you want. Sure. Like, uh, yeah, it was my, my neighbor there. And the neighbor's like, huh? And then all of a sudden he's in the pillory too, <laughs> right. you know? Uh, all right. Our final one is the Pair of Anguish. Oh, man. Band or not a band?
1: It's got to be a band. It's a band. Four-piece okay. metal band.
0: Wow. From Roanoke, Virginia. Man. Not uh,
1: Roanoke, North Carolina.
0: No. Uh, so the Pair of Anguish was, um, I guess I'll do this one since you had to do the breast ripper. It is a pear-shaped device, and uh, the the pear is actually four metal leaves, Um joined at the top by a hinge with like a key crank. So just imagine a a pair that if you crank like where the stem would be, the four leaves would open up. And they would use this on women in like the worst places and on homosexual men in the worst places. An
1: orifice, basically.
0: Yeah, and open it up. And I showed Emily this morning. She was like, so that looks like an early speculum to me. And that's, you know, kind of this along those same lines. And that's the Pair of Anguish. Yeah. And uh, you can get pictures of all these and look at them. Not in use, obviously, but actually some of them are like, they have drawings of like the rack and things like that. Yeah. But luckily not of the Pair of Anguish.
1: There's a spoon from, I think, the Nuremberg Castle um, that has a mini Iron Maiden on the top of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Proudly displayed. Wow. Yeah. You can, I mean, there's there's photos of these and, and some of them are relics in, in museums around the world, like the... Uh, Skevington's Jeeves yeah. in the uh, Tower of London.
0: There's probably a torture museum, I bet, somewhere.
1: There is. There's the London Dungeon. Oh, really? That one's awesome. I went with my dad and my sister years and years ago. How old were
0: you? I was like 17, maybe. Yeah, that's a good age. I was like 13. maybe would be perfect, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, anywhere from there. But it's like they really did it up because they use like wax dummies and it's like yeah, there's yeah. like a head in the basket on the guillotine <laughs> exhibit. And right. Plus, there's a great Misfits song named that, too. Name what? London Dungeon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. Uh, and one more thing I wanted to say. In 2003, after the U.S. invaded Iraq, um, they found, you know, Uday Hussein, had S- Saddam's oldest son. Yeah. He was the minister of sports, and he was very famous for, like, torturing athletes that he didn't think were performing well enough. What a guy. They found an Iron Maiden at the Ministry of Sports, his Iron Maiden that he used on people. Wow. Yeah.
0: That certainly doesn't encourage athleticism, you
1: know? No, it encourages defection and running away whenever you go somewhere to play somebody in another country.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's very
1: sad. So that's it for 10 medieval torture devices.
0: Yeah, very bizarre time in this world's history, for sure. Yep.
1: Uh, if you want to see pictures of these things, read more about them, you can type that in. Medieval, M-E-D-I-E-V-A-L, uh, torture devices in the search bar, at how stuff works. And I said search bar, so it's time for message break.
0: Stuff you know. And now, uh, listener mail? Yes. All right, thank you. So this is from Matthew N. Cook. I uh, listened to the Living Off the Grid podcast, and it reminded him of his friend Michael's aunt. Uh, he and his friend are very technically oriented. They've been wiring little doodads and things for years. Uh, his aunt bought a house some years back, which turned out to be a long-term witness protection house for local authorities. Huh. Uh, she called us in because there were about a thousand little switches and project boxes all over the house, tucked in the nooks and crannies that automated everything from the window blinds to the lights to the door and window locks. It's very reminiscent of something we'd seen in an old James Bond movie. So this is not like a new thing, right. which is why it was weird. She had no idea how to operate any of them or even what half of them did, so we got to come and play in the house basically for a while and figured out what we could. Uh, we found the house had many defense measures, including motion sensor alarms in the surrounding woods and driveway and backup power and water supplies, which included rainwater collection, solar panel uh, panels, a huge backup generator, and a wind turbine on a telephone pole-type thing that could be raised or lowered and adjusted using a hand winch. Well. Uh, what made the house really cool is while many of the uh, home automation and power water conservation measures implemented are now things that can be purchased and installed professionally, this was all done well before this, as evidenced by all the project boxes and very retro toggle switches and such. For us, it was like seeing history as some clever guy or girl actually had to think up these pieces and then design and build them from scratch. I feel like I'm really not doing this house justice and the engineers justice. But that could be the overexcited geek in me recalling this find, Matthew and Cook. Sounds pretty cool. That is very cool.
1: Thanks, Matthew.
0: Apparently, the aunt wasn't too into it.
1: Yeah, she's like, "I got a good deal on this house."
0: Yeah, like once they figured out how to do like the lights and stuff, she's like, "All right, get out." <laughs> right.
1: Um, I would be very curious to see photos of this house. If yeah, me he too. Has them. Send them along, man. Yeah. Um, we love cool photos of very cool places, whether they're abandoned or unusual. Or whatever. So if you have like a photo spread of a cool house or a cool old asylum or whatever, send us a link because we want to see it. You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash StuffYouShouldKnow. You can send us an email to stuffpodcast@discovery.com, at Discovery.com. And you can join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, Netflix streams TV shows and movies directly to your TV, computer, wireless device, or game console. You can get a 30-day free trial membership. Go to www.netflix.com stuff and sign up now.